0: Glory to God. He, God's good. Yes, amen. You understand that, right? Yes. God's good. And Let's everything go that he does in our lives, anything that, you know, uh, you might think, how do I get to recognize God? How do I know when it's him working? Here's a little hint for you. If it's good, it's God. <laughs> if it's not good, not God. Is that too simple for you? Can we can we we try that out? Say if it's good, it's it's God. God. If it's not good, not not God. God. Amen. Because you might think, well, you know, I, I I've I've only received Christ just recently, and I I don't know how to recognize these things. Don't make things complicated. Don't make it complicated. The word of God is not complicated. God is not complicated. Amen. It's not complicated. Not at all. He created us. He put, when we receive him, he put his life on the inside of us, yes. and he's there to help us, yes. period. Amen. He's there to help us. Now, there might be things as we go that he asks us to do that, you know, might might feel uncomfortable to our mind or our flesh. And, you know, we might have to to overcome some things. We might have to change some things in our life as he deals with us. But still, if God's asking us to do something, it's good. It's for my good. It's going to produce good in my life. So uh, don't ever get overwhelmed with all that... um, all that God is showing you, or all that, you know, you might think my life is so messed up. How, how do I get it on track? Well, you don't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. On your own, um, all you've got is a mess. Like we said, you're, you're in the dung heap, right? <laughs> right, like what we just read. But with God on your side, you learn as you go, God, what do we do about this? Lord, what do I do about this situation? That's right. How do I do this? That's and right. He helps you, He leads mm-hmm. you, and He guides you. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Last week we began uh, ministering, uh, we, we were talking about how, if you remember, that how, how people, before they know God, the enemy in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 there it talks about the, the God of this world who we said was Satan, right? Yes. He has many names, the thief, the devil, whatever you want to call him. In this passage, it talks about him being the God of this world. In 2 Corinthians, let's see, 4 verse 3. Is that where we were? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 It says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of the unbelievers. To keep them, uh, the, the devil's ultimate goal before someone knows Christ is to keep them from knowing Christ to keep them from receiving Christ. And so he puts a blinder, a blindfold, if you will, on their mind to keep them from seeing this, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Mm -hmm. The enemy's ultimate goal is to keep someone from seeing that light. But how many know that God's light is strong? God's light, uh, if we could say it, like this, it's blinding in a good way. Have you ever uh, driven out in the snow after the sun comes out? You know, (laughs) what do you need? You need sunglasses, right? Because, I mean, that light is, we would say it's blinding. God's light is stronger than any tactic that the enemy might bring into someone's life to try and blind them. Mm -hmm. But it requires um, God put us Christians on the earth, those of us who have seen the light, who know the light, who have the light on the inside of them, the, the Bible says that we are the ones that deliver and shine this light Amen. to the unbelievers in the world. We live in a, in a way that shines the light of the gospel to people that don't know the gospel and so when you walk into a room, you might see some people, spiritually speaking, put sunglasses on. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, there's something different about them. about you. And, like, uh, and it, you might make people uncomfortable. Why? Because uh, they're not used to that light. They've been, what, blinded. They've been blinded. And so as we, as, as ministers of light, as uh, you know, Jesus told us, we are, to, uh, we are the light of the world. We are to shine our light. We're not to put it under a basket, Jesus said, but we're to put it up on a hilltop and shine it. And as we shine that light, rays of light hit people's hearts. Notice this verse says that the God of this world has blinded what? People's minds. But what we're after is somebody's spirit, their spirit. spirit. So our light can shine. And that's why when we read last week in 1 Thessalonians where Paul was talking about uh, that church and he said, you received the gospel when it was preached because the gospel was preached with power
1: attached.
0: There was power attached. And that's what the gospel is. It's good news. (laughs) As the angel said, good news of great joy, right? It is good news and there is power. God's power attaches to that gospel message and shines light it goes past somebody's mind mm-hmm. and shines into their spirit. And they can say, like I, I was saying last week, when, when I first got born again, is what we call it, or when I received Christ, when I prayed the prayer and asked Jesus to be Lord of my life, my mind did not understand no. what all of that meant. Right. I just knew all of a sudden the gospel had been preached. My friends had been sharing in little little baby bites mm-hmm. like they were sharing the gospel they were talking about Jesus they were just dropping hints wow. about his goodness why? because my mind was blinded I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it but when the time came and the word was preached light went to my inner man yeah. and all of a sudden I said my mind doesn't understand this it's blinded, it doesn't understand what this is, but I, I need it. I want it. And now if we look in 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, we see what happens. Paul shows us what happens when somebody receives this light and says, I want this in my life. I need Jesus. I I can't do this on my own anymore. I want Jesus to be Lord. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, as soon as you ask Christ to be your Lord, and and you say, I want you to be my Savior, I surrender my life to you, as soon as you pray that prayer, you are now in Christ. You're in. You're no longer out. Glory to God. You're with the in crowd. Didn't you always want to be part of the in crowd, right? You're the popular kid now. Praise God. You're in Christ. You're in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Woo! That sounds good. You don't even have to know what that means. It sounds good. The moment you ask Jesus to be your Lord, you become, on the inside of you, the inner man, you become a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Mm -hmm. Now, many of us know this verse, and we ought to. We ought to know this verse. If you're talking to someone about receiving Jesus, you want to be able to take them to this verse and show them if they've just prayed a prayer to receive Jesus, this is what just happened to them. Amen. And you want to be able, I mean, it's highlighted, it's started in my Bible. You want to be able to take them to this verse and say, this is what just happened to you. The old inner gunky man the one that was dead and didn't, couldn't see God, couldn't contact God. That's all now gone. gone. And you just became new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. You became new. Amen. But here's the thing. When I received Christ, I knew something changed on the inside of me. And uh, many of you have heard me say, when, when I walked out of that building that night, I mean, the stars seemed brighter. The, the trees seemed amazing. It, everything around me seemed more vivid and vibrant. Yeah. Something on the inside of me was alive. Yes. And I knew it, but of course my mind didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens when someone receives Christ... Their inner man has been made new. Mm -hmm. There's there's a significant change that happens. However, when they get home, none of their circumstances have changed. Right? As a matter of fact, it's not only their outward circumstances that haven't changed, but uh, Brother Hagin, our spiritual father, he used to say this. He said, you know... When you get saved, your outer man doesn't change at all. He would say this. He'd say, if you were bald before you got saved, you're bald after you got saved, right? If if you had a few too many pounds on you before you got saved. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not pointing at anyone. (laughs) You know, if you were skinny before you got saved, you're still skinny after you got saved, right? Your physical, your outer man doesn't change at all. That's right. And here's another thing. Your mind, the one that was blinded by the God of this world, now the blinder has been removed as soon as you receive Christ, but you're not necessarily thinking everything that God wants you to think. Why? Because you don't know it yet. You don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. When I first got saved, I was actually just, I was, when I was meditating on these things, I was thinking about when I, I got saved on February 18th. It would have been 1989. Mm-hmm. And um, I got my first Bible. My friends got together and bought me a Bible for my birthday, April 8th. So, I went all that time without even having a Bible, right? And I'm sure I probably looked at my friend's Bible if we went to church or something, you know, we went to a service or something like that, but but it didn't even occur to me to have my own. Why? Because my mind didn't know what it was supposed to do. My inner man was new. (laughs) I was a new creation, and I knew God was there, but my mind had to catch up. And so in order to grow in God, we have to, one of the first things we need to understand is that our body, our makeup, if you could say, is three parts. Mm -hmm. We are a spirit. That's what this verse is talking about. If anyone's in Christ, his spirit man is a new creation. You are a spirit. You have, your spirit has a mind. Intellect, your will, your emotions, all part of what the Bible calls your mind. And you live in a body. This body is like the car you drove here today. What? You got in a vehicle to get you to a certain place. Your spirit lives in this body. It is the vehicle with which you get around earth. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. It's how we move around. But your body is not the real you. That's right. No. Your, your spirit is the real you. And until you receive Jesus, people are just walking around dead. Yeah. You might say, but they're alive. Physically, they're alive. Mm-hmm. But internally, their spirit man is dead. Mm -hmm. When you say, Jesus, be my Lord, this happens. You become new. new. The old dead stuff gets flushed down the toilet, as we said earlier. It gets flushed. And now you're new. But the other parts of you, Your mind, your body, they have to catch up. They have to go through a process. They have to learn how to work with God, how to move with God, how to grow in the things of God. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not a hard process. It's not meant to be overwhelming. It's actually very simple if we'll do what the Word tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to point out a couple of these things, I hope this isn't too elementary this morning, but um, so important for us to have an understanding of these things so that we can help explain to others. Um, so we're a new creation. If you would look in 2 Corinthians 4, just back another uh, back the chapter there, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16... <laughs> It's going to point this out for us. He says this, so we do, no, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self, what's that? That's our body. Our outer self is what? Wasting away. Well, that's not great news. Our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self, we would say our spirit man, our inner self is being what? Renewed day by day. What does that mean? God on the inside of you every day has life, is bringing life. There is a life source now from God on the inside of you that every day you can tap into. Every day, it can be something that you can draw from, that you can receive strength from, that you can uh, gain peace from when there's no peace in your life because it's renewed day by day on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. But it's on the inside. Paul tells us the outer self is wasting away. Other translations say it's in decay. What does that mean? It means you don't look the same as you did 10 years ago. That's right? right? Now, I meet up with people sometimes and they say, wow, you haven't changed a bit. Yeah. But I know different. <laughs> Amen. Things have changed. Amen. Now, if you know about the life of God you can start to learn how to let the life of God that's in you start to quicken and affect and give life to your mortal body, the Bible says in Romans 8. And you can allow the life of God to strengthen, to give life, to heal your physical body. But just in the natural realm of things, the way a human being is designed today, you're born about this big, you grow to whatever you grow to height-wise, and then you start to what we would say age, mature. (laughs) Right? And if you live to 90, you're not going to look the same way you looked when you were 50. I don't care how much life of God's in you, right? You may look good for 90, but you're still 90. And eventually, your mortal body will expire, right? Mm -hmm. But your spirit man, the real you, the inner man, that's been made alive, that's been made a new creation, a new creature, some translations say, your spirit lives forever. Yes. yes. Amen. And that's the part of you, if your body does expire yes. before Jesus comes, because how many remember Jesus is coming soon? Yes. 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 Amen. If your body does expire, your spirit man that's alive now gets to spend eternity with God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You understand that death for the Christian is no big deal. It's a promotion. It's a promotion. We are never to fear death. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. Amen. Might not be time yet, but I'm excited for when it comes. Glory yes. to God. Why? Because it's my promotion to be with the Lord. Amen. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yes. Glory to God. Amen. That's good news. Yes. That's good news. But the person who receives Jesus as Lord, their inner man, their spirit man, has been made new. And it's being renewed day by day with the life of God. On. You have, uh, if we could say it this way, you have a power plant on the inside of you now that you've received Christ. When you receive Christ, you, you receive his indwelling in you. Boom, 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 you've got life. But like we said, our mind, if you thought squirrely, do you know what I mean by that? People can think squirrely. Meaning they think all kinds of things that aren't right. We call it, I call it thinking squirrely. They're getting squirrely. And here's the thing. I've watched Christian after Christian after Christian who who confesses that Jesus is their Lord. I've watched them be squirrely because they never took care of their mind. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 12? So in order to be a success as a Christian, you have to know that you're three parts. You've got a spirit man. That's the part that's alive to God. You have a mind that has uh, your will, your emotions. That's all comprised, that's part of your mind. And you live in a body Romans 12, verse 1, it tells this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your what? Your "Your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why a living sacrifice? Well, if your body was dead, what did we just say? If your body expires... You're no longer part of the earth, right? Your spirit man moves to heaven. So we need your body to stay alive, but it still needs to be sacrificed. What does that mean? It means you put your body, your flesh, your desires, your desire for another piece of pie every time you see pie. That part of you. The flesh is what the Bible calls it. The one that just has to have it, that craves. Or another word the Bible uses, lusts. Right? That part of you needs to be put under. Die. Not physically die, but just in in, in your head. You have to say, no, my body doesn't rule me. My cravings. My, that, that doesn't rule me. So I present my body as a living sacrifice. Yes. Good to keep it living. Holy and acceptable to God. What does that mean? I don't let my body do what it used to do before it knew God. I don't let it run wild. And the more scripture you read, the more specific you'll see Uh, the Bible is, especially in the New Testament about about what you should and shouldn't do with your body. So we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world but be what? Transformed Transformed. by the renewal of your Mind yeah. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. <laughs> so we see here Paul bringing out the fact that your spirit man is new, but you're going to have to do something with your body, right. verse 1, and something with your mind, verse 2. Yes. So to be a successful Christian, to make progress to go from the point where you've received christ as your savior and he's brought that peace of god on the inside of your heart and made you new to move on from that point these two verses are going to have to be part of your life now you're going to have to do something with your body and with your mind you're going to have to do something with your body and your mind And again, we said the things of God are easy. This is not hard. Why? Because the power plant of God has been put on the inside of you to help you with these things. There's help. Glory to God. And so we don't want to be conformed to this world, this verse says, but we want to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. What in the world does that mean? Remember the the first verse we read about the God of this world who is Satan, Mm -hmm. the thief, the enemy, whatever you want to call him? The God of this world spends his life trying to conform the minds of people to his way of thinking. Being selfish, being prideful, being lustful, whatever it is, uh, you could put your, your, you know, peg your words on just about anything that the enemy is tr- his agenda. Oh, we love that word agenda, right? Yeah. <laughs> the enemy has an agenda. Yeah. And he's trying to conform everybody's minds to work according to his agenda. But here's the thing, when light comes and someone receives Christ and they're transformed on the inside, something's made new on the inside, now all of a sudden they're carrying this container of light. And this container of light can transform all the bad thinking that you've had from the enemy, the God of this world. But it's going to take some time. Um, there's a gal I like to follow, follow on Facebook. She's an artist here in Castle Rock, and she makes pottery. And um, once in a while, she'll put a video out, and she'll, she'll have a video of her potter's wheel, right? Everyone's seen a potter's wheel? It spins, makes you dizzy. <laughs> I don't think I could ever do it myself. But what if she, she throws a big lump of clay on that potter's wheel, and then she gets her hands wet, And she, artistically, which would not be me, she presses that clay at certain points and winds up creating a mug, a bowl, all kinds of things. Why? Because she knows how to conform. She knows how to press. She knows how to push exactly where that clay needs to be pressed and pushed as it's spinning, mm-hmm. to mold it into a new vessel. Yeah. Yeah. The Word of God does that for your mind. What do I mean the Word of God? I mean this. Yeah. This Word that we said has power attached to it. And as we read the Word, as we come to church and sit under a pastor and hear the word being preached. The power of God is mixed with that, and it goes into your spirit, man, and comes up to your mind and starts to change the way you think. And you start to see light. I I have the peace of God. I've been made new. Verses like 2 Corinthians 5.17. I've been made new. I'm I'm a new creation. That that light from that word gets in you. Mm -hmm. And it starts to, if we could say this, well, we can say it. It starts to clean up your mind. So if you would this morning, turn with me to one more verse. Can we do one more verse? Ephesians chapter 5. The word of God, we said, renews, it changes, it cleans up our mind to help us think the way God would have us to think. Why is this vital? Because if you walk around this world thinking the way the God of this world wants you to think, you're just going to stay in the same rat race he's always had you in. And that's why Christians that you know are not succeeding. Yes. Because they haven't allowed the word of God to change the way they think. That's right. Why? Yeah. Because they won't connect to a church. They won't come sit under a pastor where the power of God is being preached. That's right. That's right. And they've lost a connection that they vitally need. That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 5. Verse 25, we got to start with this, right? (laughs) Husbands, love your wives, glory to God. It does talk to wives before this. We won't take time to read that right now, where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. But I do know that verse. I know it's in there. Husbands, love your wives as what? Christ loved the church, which is the part that we want to look at. Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? The next verse says that he might sanctify her, that Christ might sanctify his church What? Having cleansed her by the washing of water with what? The word. That's why I say the word cleanses your mind. Mm -hmm. It cleans it up. Your inner man, your spirit is a new creation as soon as you ask Jesus to be Lord. But your mind will stay squirrely until you cleanse it with the word. Yes. What do I mean squirrely? Am I calling somebody uh, a mental case? No, I'm saying you're going to think the way the enemy wants you to think, the way the rest of the world thinks. You're just going to go along in your normal life unless you start to take in the word. Yes. I love how this says, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word. I'm going to read you the Passion Translation, which I don't think we have. Um, But it says this, the last half of verse 25 says this, Christ died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious, radiant, beautiful holy, without fault or flaw. Can the church look like that? Yeah. If we'll allow the word of God to shower our minds with pure water. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you took a shower this morning before you came? Oh, excellent. (laughs) Excellent. (sighs) Excellent. What is the socially acceptable norm for the amount of showers someone should take in a week? Daily. Once a day. Daily. I'm glad you know that. Once a day. <laughs> Teasing. Why do you take a shower every day? Or be, Because things get messy if you don't. Yes. Things get smelly, sticky, dirty. Mm-hmm. I could go on. Why, as Christians, do we think <laughs> that our natural body would need cleansing every day, but our inner man, our mind, wouldn't need the Word of God, which is our shower, every day? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's Just a thought. This Word is life yes, to yes. us, yes, it the is. Bible says. Proverbs 4, oh my goodness, it just talks about how we're to meditate on this word day, day and night. night, not let it depart out of our mouth, uh, out of our sight. We're, we're not to let these words get out of our mouth. They are to become everything to yes. us. Yes. yes. Amen. Again, this is a process. But as people come, as people come to our flock, our fold, and they learn or they receive Christ as their Lord, they are going to need help. That's right. Amen. Amen. And God holds us responsible for those who are spiritually young. I never gave my newborn infant a steak. That's right. I fed them milk but I fed them several hours, I mean, several times a day. Every few hours, they needed something, right? <laughs> they needed something. And if it's just the simplest of scriptures, even if you're, you're texting them the same thing, I'm, I am closing. But I wanted to tell you about a couple we had in our, in our church back in New York. This couple, Ken and Irene, they were awesome. They were a a mature couple, meaning they were in their 60s. They're both in heaven now, yeah. But when they started coming to our church, without even asking us or talking to us, they just watched the people that would come. And if a new person came in, or if someone received Christ during the service, they'd make note. And they were the first people over to that person. They would get their phone number. They would talk to them. They probably met them for coffee. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Miss Irene, she would take tender care to find out their name, find out their address. She would call them to make sure they were coming to church the next Sunday. She wa- they were our stealth, <laughs> our, 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 You know, our secret ops. Team that would go take care of the babies yeah. to make sure that until they were spiritually mature enough to take care of themselves and feed themselves the word, mm-hmm. somebody was there every few hours to give them what they needed. What the Bible calls the milk of the word. This, this. This Bible, this life changes everything, serving God. We know it, those of us who've been living it for a while. But those who have just received Christ, they're going to need a little help sometimes to stick with these things because there's a process. It takes some time to wash this mind up and start thinking the way God wants us to Mm -hmm. think. But the more we do. And here's the thing. Uh, I, I mean, my son is 25. It took 25 years for him to get where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. But for the Christian, you can progress so quickly. Yeah. The more you get hooked up with your church, the more you get this word and start Start just taking it in every day like you take your shower. The more you start pumping it in, the more you listen to that podcast. You can take the message that was preached today and and go home tomorrow and and listen to it again and listen to it again and listen to it again. The more you start pumping in, the faster you'll spiritually mature. How do I know this? There are people that have been saved for 40 years and they are still babies spiritually. And that's another sermon. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Glory to God. It's so important that we know these things. It's so important that we're able to repeat these things to those who need them. And when we meet up with those who have just received Christ or who maybe have known Christ for a long time but aren't very mature, they're going to need the milk of the word, the encouragement of of us to get them in the proper proper places where they can grow. Hallelujah, Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for this life that you've given us. We're so thankful that every day we can walk in your peace. We can walk in your revelation. We can walk in all that your word has. Help us to see what we need to see. Help us to know what we need to know. Help us to cleanse our minds with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed. There's